So uh, the video right there ended with all the kids saying glory to God. And that idea of God receiving glory here on Christmas is something that still exists. I think if you look at everything that goes into Christmas, there's still some uh, of God's heart within us uh, to, to make Christmas a time of blessing, a time of encouragement. I think back, uh, I think I was around six years old. Uh, we didn't have a ton of money, and so for Christmas that year, the big present that my mom was giving my dad was something he didn't know about. It was a bike. Uh, she bought it at the thrift store for five bucks, and then her and, and my grandpa, her dad, over the next few weeks, repainted it, retooled it, got this thing all ready to go, and it lived in my grandparents' garage. My dad knew nothing about it, uh, but for like Christmas Eve, so the night before that they're going to give it away, uh, I knew about it for a few weeks and I had kept my mouth shut because if you're six years old, it's impossible for you to keep a Christmas secret. And I remember I was outside in the garage with my mom and my grandpa. They were working on the bike. It was painted. It was shiny. It was almost all ready to go. Like we are 90% of the way there. And I walk into the living room next to my dad and I said, man, your bike is almost there. Your bike your bike is almost ready. Like, I had one job as a six-year-old, and that's don't spoil Christmas. And I look over at my dad, and he is asleep. Like, I am safe. He didn't hear anything. I haven't talked to him about this, so he hasn't said anything about, me, about it to me. But in 31 years, he has no clue that I spilled what was happening for, for Christmas for him right before he got it. I think that joy, that, that burden, that desire that we have to give gifts to, to brighten somebody else's life, that's a tiny picture of what Christmas is and what we get to celebrate. I think there are going to be some pictures that pop up behind me, uh, decorating our houses, showing that something different is coming, something special is coming. That's way overboard, but it's still about glory. It's still about us celebrating that God came. The idea of presence and us camping out weeks before to get the right thing, to nail the Black Friday deal for saving. We're going to talk about, talk about this, about how it really lands in a little bit. But the idea of, man, we're going to save. We're going to do something better to get toward what Christmas is. Like it's crazy for some of us, but, but that's what Christmas kind of gets to. It's a gift. It's a gift-giving thing that God initiates, that God starts, and we get to celebrate it at Christmas. Ugly sweaters, I don't know if there's anything about God in that, but if you can sport that and feel good about it, good for you. But what really, what this really comes at is just the question, like there's so much work, so much effort, so much angst that goes into Christmas and us putting it on and us having tons of people over to our house or traveling tons of miles to get somewhere where we begin to ask, like, is this even really worth it? Like, who really needs this? It starts with Halloween, okay? Halloween, Christmas, or Thanksgiving, and then Christmas. Is this ascending scale of people showing up at your house expecting stuff? So Halloween, they knock on the door, they open the door, they want some dollar store candy, and that's all. Like, they're good to go. Thanksgiving, they knock on your door, they show up, they want a meal. Christmas comes up, they knock on your door, they walk in, they want a meal, they want presents. This is this ascending scale of us needing to do more and more and more stuff for people who show up at our house. And with Christmas... The story about how it really happened, the story of Jesus coming into the world, answers the question of who needs this? How is this really worth going through all the effort? Now, today, it's turned into a totally commercialized thing, but at the very beginning, and what we can get back to, what we're going to focus on today, is Christmas as what God did, what God started on our behalf to bring salvation to the whole entire world. And the kids started to talk about it. The kids told the story greatly. But, but we're going to look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21 today. 
and that really unpack and celebrate the story, the good news of Christmas. And so what's going on there? Uh, they said it, Jesus' earthly parents weren't mother and father. Uh, their names were Joseph and Mary. And what made, their in, what made their relationship unique and difficult was that Joseph and Mary were engaged, but Mary got pregnant before their marriage, before their wedding day. And so Joseph looks at this and realizes, I'm not responsible for that. This is really weird. I'm a good man, so I'm not going to divorce her publicly. I'm going to divorce her privately, and then we're done. And before he gets started on that, before it, the plan comes to fruition, an angel visits him. And an angel says this, to Joseph. He says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people. This idea of Jesus being somebody who brings salvation is something that they understood. The name Jesus in the New Testament is the same root name for Joshua in the Old Testament. He's a character who came to bring salvation with the sword. He took God's people, the Israelites, and led them from desert wanderers into a promised land. And he did that all through a sword. He did that through violence. He did that through winning wars. And so Joseph hears about this son that's coming, whose name is Jesus, which means the Lord saves. He hears about this and he thinks, yes, this is good. At this point, Israel, God's people, had lived for centuries under the boot of the Romans. And so an angel comes and he tells Joseph that there's going to be a savior, that it's going to be somebody like Joshua in the Old Testament, a folk hero that he grew up hearing about and thinking and hearing that, yes, our day has come. But God is saying, no, 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 there's, there's, more, sal- there's more salvation, there's more saving than just war. I've got something more for you. And the angel continues, you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save them from their sins. This, he's saying, this is the angel saying, speaking on God's behalf, that we're not just going to talk about you being okay and you having a good home and you not being under political oppression anymore. I'm going to go into the darkness that lives inside of you that you can't escape, that follows you everywhere, and I'm actually going to bring more light to that than you would have expected. I'm going to go at what's dark, what you might not want to talk about. I'm going to go at it to bring salvation in every area of your life. And so that's what Christmas is. Christmas is the celebration of Jesus who came to pay for our sins. Jesus who came to lead us into new life. And it begins at Christmas. It begins with a gift. It begins with a celebration. And what we do over these next few days or what have been done already leading up to today and tomorrow is a celebration of that, is a remembering of that, and is a small picture of God saying, I sent Jesus into the world to save the world from their sins. And I think the trap for us around that is to look at that and then just get stuck on that, being saved from our sins, and turn into kind of a circle of forgiveness and a circle of never, ever getting better. Because if all we focus on in forgiveness in Christmas, if all we focus on in, in, in Christmas is forgiveness, we miss out on what God has for us. We, we kind of stick in the bad news when we never get to the good news. Because Jesus came for more than forgiveness. If we focus on forgiveness just too much, we, we get in this cycle of we, we do something bad, we feel bad about it, we ask for forgiveness, we go back to zero. And there's a story from the life of Jesus that really explodes that whole ordeal, that whole mindset. And it involves one thing that Jesus said that's really well known, and one thing that Jesus said that isn't really well known that opens up our life with him in so many different ways. 
It's in John chapter 8. If you're following along, you're taking notes in your Bible. If you're not, I'm going to tell it to you. Uh, Jesus is at the temple one day. It's the big kind of church mega center for religious activity of that day. Uh, and he's there in the morning, and, and before anybody else arrives, there's a group of religious leaders who bring in a woman who's been caught in adultery. We don't know if it was a couple hours before or a couple days before, but they've got this person who's committed a crime. They're ready to kill her, and they throw her in front of Jesus, and they say, what do you think we should do? Should we kill her now? Should we kill her later? What do you say? And so Jesus writes some stuff in the dirt, and then he says something that a lot of us recognize and a lot of us live by and, and apply to different areas of our lives. He says, let whoever is, without the, whoever is without sin cast the first stone. So immediately people realize, man, I'm a sinner. I, I can't do this. And so they drop their stones. They walk away. And then Jesus says to the woman, he says, where are your accusers? The woman realizes that everybody's gone. She says, they're gone. And Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Okay, which is that, that's that message of forgiveness, okay? We come to God with sin. We say, God, I want you to forgive me. And God looks at us, and he doesn't say, no, it's okay. He doesn't say, I didn't pretend, I'm just going to pretend that it didn't happen. He says that I forgive you. He says, I'm not going to condemn you. This is where we live so much of our life, where we realize that, that God is going to forgive us. So whatever has happened into our life up to this point, we know that God is going to forgive. And what that does is it puts us into a nasty cycle of doing bad, feeling bad, coming back to zero with forgiveness. But if that's where God ended, that's where Jesus ended, we would stay in that cycle forever. But he doesn't end there. He's the God who came to save from sin. He's the God who came as a complete Joshua. Joshua who defeated people, who killed nations, and now led the Israelites into a land that was perfect and peaceful. Jesus says the perfect Joshua. He comes and says, I don't condemn you, but he doesn't finish there. He says, now go and sin no more. He says, you're not condemned, but I don't want you to ever do that again. Who can say go and sin no more? I would love to have that in my life, to be able to walk out of here and think I'm never going to mouth off to anyone. I'm never going to lie again. I'm never going to have thoughts of wanting to scream at people or maybe actions where I'm just going off on people. I would love for that to happen in my life where Jesus looks at me and says, poof, you will no longer sin again. That'd be amazing. And everyone who I know would like that too, for me to finally get stuff right in my life. But Jesus can say that to people because he's God. He says, this is bigger than just forgiveness. I'm leading you into a completely new way of life. For us to stop sinning, for us to see a change in our life from sin being our master to Jesus being our master is something that can only happen through Jesus. Can only happen through Jesus. And Jesus' birth sets in motion a huge change of events in our life where sin is no longer our master. Jesus says, because I'm here, you can live life and live it to the full. The thief, which is the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I'm here so you can live your life to the fullest. And this doesn't mean just us crossing off everything on our bucket list and reading all the books we want to read and going all the trips that we want to read. Jesus says, I'm going to go again at what's inside of you. I'm going to take out lust as your master. I'm going to take out anger as your master. I'm going to take out alcohol as your master. I'm going to take out depression as your master. It's gone. When Jesus says go and sin no more, Jesus means that we can actually go and sin no more. That our master is no longer 
our doubt. Our master is no longer our guilt. Our master is no longer our fear. Our master is no longer that list of things that you and I have done that we would never get up here and read off to the church because we want to act good and we want to give everybody the impression that we've got it all together. But in reality, what Jesus says is that list is no longer your master. I'm your master. And there's a book that's written a little bit after Jesus died and rose again and ascended into heaven that explains all this for us. It says Romans uh, chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. This is a guy writing about Jesus. He says, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. That's what he said, right? He told the lady, I don't, I don't condemn you anymore. There's forgiveness. There's free life. There's, there's no longer us having to carry the weight of our own stuff. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, this is where it changes. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. God did what we could not do. He sent his own son, Jesus, in a body like the bodies that we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for all sins. That's the message of Jesus. That's what we get to celebrate today. That it's not just us feeling bad and then coming back to zero because we've asked for forgiveness and God looks at us and says, I don't condemn you. But it's us leaving that cycle and living a victorious life because the God who created us takes enough initiative, loves us enough that says, I'm going to put skin on. I'm going to go down. I'm going to forgive you for your sins and then give you a new life where you don't have to sin anymore. So where it says that we've been freed from the power that, sin, that leads to death, the power of sin that leads to death, what Jesus means is we've been freed from the power of sin that leads to death. That's the message of Christmas. Christmas is an ongoing, open, open standing invitation. We're invited into a relationship where sin is no longer our master. We ask Jesus to come into our life to forgive us of our sins, to change us from the inside out, and that's exactly what he's gonna do. Because Christmas isn't just about a baby being born. It's not just about gifts being given. It's about power being released through Jesus into our lives so that we can look at where we've been, look at what we've done, look at even the stuff that we brought in with us today. And whether you're not a Christian or whether you've been one for 50 years, once again, you're stepping into the relationship with God saying, I'm ready for a new life. I'm ready to go and sin no more. I realize it's not about me, that my power got me into this mess. And what Jesus says is I know. And I'm here to release you. I'm here to forgive you. I'm here to bring new life into you. This means that everything changes and means that now we're in touch with the power of God to change everything. We're vessels of God's glory. The video ended with the kids saying glory to God and, and Christmas is the celebration that that happens that our lives, our lives actually give glory to God. I mean, I think about that for a second. I think of what's gone on in my life, what I've been the one who's achieving that and, and the one who steps into those messes and creates that sin. That's me, and what's the message of Christmas? It's God reminding me that he came to forgive me and he came to live inside me so that I can be a vessel, so that we can be vessels, so that you can be a vessel that brings glory to God. As wild as that might seem, 
because you know your life. Your life is still a vessel that can bring glory to God. And Christmas is the reminder that, that for all of us, we needed this. That for all of us, we didn't get to this point in life. We didn't get to this relationship with God by being good. We got to this relationship with God because God was good for us first. That while we were bad, while we were God's enemies, while we were still sinners, however you want to use that word, that we were still sinners, that Jesus came to die for us, that he was born to die to bring freedom for us. And Christmas is us recognizing that and responding to that that we worship a God that loves us, that we celebrate a God that loves us, and that Christmas is the beginning of that journey that God went on for us to bring us freedom, to bring us new life, to bring us a fresh start with him. And that's available to all who would accept it. Let's stand and pray. Jesus, we thank you today that you're here. We thank you that you're alive. We thank you that we need Christmas. That in all the stress and all the busyness and all of everything that we're going to go through and have gone through for the past few days and will go through for the next few days, that this is something we outright need. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to forgive sinners. Thank you that you came uh, to give us a fresh start with you. To lead us into power that says go and sin no more and then we can actually go and see a new master in our life. If you're here today and you've never made the decision to ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive you of your sin, to change you into a new person from the inside of you to the outside of you, I want to give you that chance today. And believe me, you are not saying that you are better than anyone else. We are agreeing as a church that we're sinners in need of a Savior. And so if that's you today and you're ready to make that decision to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I just want you to look at me and raise your hand. And as we close, somebody's going to lead you through what that looks like to pray, to ask Jesus to come into your life and forgive you of your sins. So one, God loves you. He always has, he always will, and today he's calling you to say yes to him. Two, there are things in all of our lives, mine included, where we tell God, get out of here, I'm doing this my way. The Bible calls that sin, and Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sin and to lead us out of sin. And three, today's your day to say, that's me. I'm ready for that. I'm ready to receive salvation in Jesus and new life with him. Is there anyone like that here today? Just look at me and raise your hand and somebody will pray for you as we close. Is there anyone like that? All right, I want to challenge us to respond in just one simple way. We're going to have prayer ushers on the sides and in the front like we do during uh, the, the worship at the beginning. We're going to do that again today. Or if you look at Christmas, you look at what's ahead and, and the story today about Jesus actually leading you out of sin, if that's something that really connects with you today, uh, then we got people who want to pray with you. You don't have to hold up a sign saying what your thing is, but just go and say, hey, I want to be led out of and insert your thing here. And as prayer ushers, we're going to pray for you, asking God to do exactly that because he came to give you a new life. He came to end sin's control over all of us for all of us to step into the life that Jesus has for us. Let's worship, let's respond, and let's celebrate the God who came for us.